Hey there, it's Dan Blakely, and this is What Barry's Talking About from Barry 360. On this week's episode, we get up close and personal with Canadian singer-songwriter Elijah Woods, meet a new and local author who has penned a magical book for the whole family about working through grief at Christmas time, and we launch a search for anyone who thinks they've seen Bigfoot. Really? But first, Kempenfest returns to the Barry Waterfront this weekend, the third try at celebrating its 50th anniversary, the pandemic getting in the way of the last two tries. Plans have been in the works for months, but as we hear from sponsorship and marketing manager Tom Akins, it has been a challenge on a few levels. It's been a struggle trying to get things back in gear. It's just everybody and every business has kind of just like shifted gears and it's like Nothing's the same, so it's starting from scratch. It's been crazy. So what exactly have you had to do to to get people back in the fold, I guess, or convince them that it's okay to come back? Well, part of that, we felt like we were going to be going live this year, you know, going back to October. So we've kind of been confident that it was going to happen, you know, but we knew that, you know, things could change on a day-to-day basis. And when we went through Christmas, it was like, oh man, are we going to be able to do this? But uh, it's been more like on the business side and simple things that you won't even think that would bother you. But, you know, we used to rent uh, office trailers for backstage for the musicians, for change rooms and for their green rooms. Can't get them anymore. Our supplier hasn't seen new ones for two years and anybody that would rent them for short-term periods like we did were afraid they wouldn't get them again so they've kept them instead of returning them if they didn't need them for a couple of months they just have parked them and uh, they're paying the monthly rate just to make sure they have them when they need them again you know construction companies so stuff like that's been difficult the the whole music side of stuff you know i mean the artists and performers you know i don't think anyone has suffered more than they have through the pandemic um so for things to get back in gear there's a whole side of well the americans aren't coming up here so that's really limited the um not artists for us i mean we wouldn't hire them but generally speaking for festivals and concerts so the canadians are more in demand the big bands um of course they're all asking for more because of that and uh it's for kempenfest you know we're a huge festival but we're we have toronto to the south of us so any of the toronto venues typically have radius clauses that prevent any artists they've hired from performing as 100 kilometers away, which is Barry. Same with Rama. Same with uh, the Kita Bala. So we've got, and Burroughs Creek with, uh, you know, their big events. So that, you know, takes half the bands right off our shopping list. So it was a struggle, you know, finding the bands that we did, and we're glad we did. And I think it's a good, it's a good uh, lineup. So you're, you're struggling, you're scrambling. What is going right Oh, lots of stuff. Uh, this is a big year of change for us. Our, our main uh, presenting sponsor uh, decided not to renew this year or shifting gears into a different direction. So we had to start fresh. So we're so excited. Uh, TD has joined us as the presenting sponsor this year for us. Uh, a big change for us in our suppliers. Uh, so this year, um, Muskoka Breweries is going to be our official beer supplier. And uh, Georgian Bay Spirit Company will be our um, our coolers, uh, ready-to-drink supplier. So that's two big changes for us from big national brands to local brands. 
our family uh, stage is moving slightly to a bigger venue so we can accommodate more people and we're putting more shows on there thanks to uh, Cool FM is sponsoring that stage. Uh, we'll be doing a cross-section of, of entertainment there from magicians to caravana dancers to uh, um, local bands and something big for us. We're adding professional wrestling uh, on All Saturday right. and Sunday night. So we've joined forces with Barry Wrestling, uh, who've been doing some events the past few years. And, and they tell me people love it. It's a great family event, very clean. He has contracts with his wrestlers, no, no swearing, no blood. So, you know, it's family fun. So we're doing two nights of that. And opening for, th- or you know, warming the crowd up for that are two great bands that we've uh, hired that uh, play a lot of 70s, 80s, 90s music. One's called uh, Where Were You in 72? And the other is the 99s, which is a branch or a spinoff of Dwayne Gretzky, who's a huge, uh, has a huge following up here. The people who go to see the arts and crafts are, are uh, hoping that people they've seen there, vendors they've seen there before are going to be back. Are a lot of the regulars coming back? Uh, they, they are. Um, certainly, you know, some of them suffered through uh, the pandemic and, and some of them got out of the business. I think they're at about 300 vendors. They're, uh, the last couple of years we ran the event, they were maybe up around 350. But again, we, we were kind of into this stage where people are saying, well, this really is going to happen. Like the chances of, of something happening now are pretty slim. So a lot of people who have maybe been holding back are now starting to uh, come out. I see more and more the emails kind of come through me. I see more and more people asking about vending space and whatnot. So that's great. We're, we're, we're so lucky, very, very lucky in, in this community. And the best venue in the world. Where could you find something better than Barry's Waterfront that people take it for granted? <laughs> and remember, Campton Fest is a huge fundraising weekend for local charities, which have taken in a quarter of a million dollars in years past. Our thanks to Tom Akins for stopping by to bring us up to speed. Campton Fest happening this long weekend. To learn more, head to the festival website, kempenfest.com. The promotional trailer for What Barry's Talking About says you never know who might stop by. This past week, it was Canadian singer-songwriter Elijah Woods who popped in and got caught up with Amy Oust in the 107.5 Cool FM Lounge. You know what? It's really great just to have people back in the station again. I know that, you know, you're hitting the roads and you're getting busy and that's got to feel good after a long two and a half years. Definitely. It's been pretty... uh... Pre-recluse. I mean, we've all kind of been pretty introspective over the last little while, and uh, it's been nice for me, like, in terms of a writing perspective, but I feel like I'm kind of written out for a little while. I need to get on the road, play these songs, meet some people, and just see people again. Like, I just miss the actual human interaction piece Mm -hmm. of music, and it's so strange when you get the opportunity to do that after so many years. It's like, oh, yeah, I forgot I did this. Like, I forgot that we actually get to see people and get to sing these songs and get to actually, like connect with people in the music. So I, I'm really missing that. And I'm so thankful to be back to that. And I know that the fans are just as excited as y- you are to be back. You just played Canada Day in Mississauga to what, 20,000 people or something? It was unbelievable. I, yeah, I think yeah, something, something crazy like that. Um, I played that festival, I think it was New Year's a couple years ago and it was like sleet. It was like minus five degrees and there were 10,000 people there like screaming their heads off and I was like wow this is so cool <laughs> so I kind of expected the same thing I thought it was gonna be like 10,000 people and we showed up and it was bananas they knew they knew all the lyrics like 
pretty much all my songs and I was like I don't even know the lyrics like help me out like you guys have to sing these songs with me uh, but it was so much fun so that's like I mean something that I very very I didn't know how much I missed it until I actually got back on stage and what is it like because I saw one of your videos where they were singing uh was it lights yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's gotta hit different right it was it's pretty wild I mean um I think in that, that same video I captioned it this but to have people sing, I mean, such a personal song to me, and then um, especially a song that like I wrote in my basement, mm-hmm. um, and to have twenty thousand people singing it back to you, it's just like it's ultimately why I do this uh, outside of feeding my own ego. Um, but uh, it's I, I really, really I love the human aspect of that. I love the connection, people being able to put themselves into the song and relate enough to it to actually know the lyrics and to to come out and and, and support and yeah, it just it means the world to me. You said feed your own ego, but let's be honest. First of all, you are a triple threat because you are a producer, you are a writer, you are a singer, and you know, all putting all of those three things together, ego aside, that's got to be really exhausting. That's the first time anybody's ever said that to me. It is extremely exhausting. It's like my brain doesn't stop because it's like whether I'm thinking about singing something or performing something, um, that takes up a good chunk of my time now. And then it's whether I'm producing myself or somebody else's song. Um, that's another huge chunk of it. And then the content creation and, and all that sort of stuff. It is exhausting, but ultimately, I mean, like, that's why we're all doing this because we love it. And like, I couldn't do anything else. It's like, it was, it's, it's either this or I'm like serving at Starbucks. So like, I would be, I'd be very, I think my, my talents would be misused if I was doing that. I'm pretty good at making coffee, but I'm not, I'm not that great. I'm better at making music. I know anybody that follows you on TikTok I mean, 1.1 million people will follow you on TikTok. That's crazy. One or two, yeah. yeah That's yeah. crazy. It is, it's insane. I mean, especially because, like, I started I started on TikTok in, when was it? Basically, to January 2021, and within a year and a bit, it's gone up to a million one people. And I just, like, I don't know. Like, I appreciate you if you follow me on TikTok. But, like, I can't imagine anybody cares about me that much. Like, Your I, videos like, are great. Thank you. Thank you so much. But, like, that's crazy. And I appreciate, I appreciate everybody following along. And, like, I just have fun with it. I think that's the main thing is, like, I think content creation and social media, it's it's been a, a real crutch for a lot of people in the last like couple of years, especially because there has been no live live performance, live mm-hmm. touring, everything. And like when I talk to my friends about it, there's always this like layer of like, oh, I should be on social media. I have to do social media to connect with people. And it's like for me, it's like I just love doing it. Like I think it's so much fun and to be able to film a good piece of content that goes along with a video to that, that goes along with like a whole song package is like that's just the way my brain works. Like I love to set things up like that. So for me it's just an extension of myself. And I think I ultimately think that's what's relating to people is like they can see that like I'm actually enjoying it. Because yeah. like it's so much fun. It's like as if I get to sit on camera all day and film myself and like just do stupid stuff. What's going to be the rest of the summer for you? I know you've got Blues Fest coming up. That's yeah. exciting. Very excited. Yeah, yeah. The hometown show is always fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to play a show in Barry though. Like we gotta do we gotta do something around here. So let's make it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I got a couple shows lined up for yeah, sort of like the end of summer, early fall. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully a tour kind of near near uh, sweet early fall. But nothing, nothing announced yet. But always more music. There's tons of stuff on the way. But keep up to date with me on social media. I'm always doing stuff on there. That's kind of the best way to keep to in touch. Up. Yeah, and call into your local radio station, Cool FM. Request Look Elijah Woods. Here, plug it in. I'm here for it. Elijah Woods, everybody. This is what Barry's talking about. From Barry 360, I'm Dan Blakely.
Is it too soon for a Christmas story? Not if it's being released in the next couple of weeks. Katrina Doucette is a couple of weeks from publishing her first book, a poignant story about loss and conquering the grief that goes along with it, especially around Christmas time. She set some time aside to tell Barry 360's MJ about it. You are a brand new author. This is your first book. Yeah. Um, pretty exciting for you. Um, can you tell me just uh, a little bit about uh, what it's called and, and what it's about? It's um, Gabe's Christmas Wish is what the book is called. It's a story about grief and hope. And um, it's a beautiful Christmas book um, with a, a meaning. And the meaning behind it is um, not always the best topic everyone wants to focus on, but it, it's uh, something that you know, eventually everyone deals with. And that's why I just kind of wanted to include it in a magical story and make it special, which is a lot, the loss of a loved one. Then eventually he is see, holding his gift that means a lot to him, which was the last one gift that he was given from his uh, both parents, his loving parents. And as a tear sheds and hits the globe, um, eventually he hears a noise, a light and angelic jingle. He goes to the window and he sees a reindeer and then he really has to look again because then he realizes the reindeer is the same one as in the snow globe. And then eventually he sits down and he feels like it's a good opportunity to um, make a wish. And eventually he goes into that the North Pole. He sees that same reindeer and this goes on a magical adventure and um, goes through everything he didn't expect to. It's an illustrated book. Is it geared towards children at any certain ages or... Or sort of for for everybody? I kind of wanted to make it for children and for families as well because I just, I wanted it to be um, a book that, that can last in the in the collection of parents and one that just has beautiful illustrations, almost similar to the Polar Express because I wanted it to be, to have more of dreamlike imagery and I want, that's what I thought would have reflected what I was talking about and the way I described it as an author because I like to get detailed and I like to have as my editor says I have really good imagery I like to explain things in detail which sometimes people may think is a little bit for older ages but the way I did it is I got just creative with smaller words I just uh, used words that were creative but still words that kids understand this is your first book um it does like the meaning and everything have any significance to you I think it does because I just know that it's something that this hap- happens a lot, and um, I know that ever since this past couple of years, a lot of people I feel like have been losing people, and this is around the time when I wrote it, and um, with the p- pandemic, so I've kind of figured, you know, loss, and how's a way I can make it into a magical story, but not make it, you know, something for kids, but family to read about, want to read about, and want to understand it more than just not feel... S- like upset or not to try and escape it, if that makes any sense, but try just to go into a story and read and just um, enjoy it. And everyone goes through everything differently, different feelings, what have you. But if I could just make a story about a top tough topic, then that's kind of something I wanted to do. It hasn't officially been available to purchase yet, but that is going to change very soon. There's something coming up in August. Yeah, August, I have my book launch on August 6th at one o'clock at Rivendale Books. In the meantime, you can keep up with Katrina on her website, katrinastoryhub.ca, or on her Instagram, at katrinastoryhub.
Do you believe in Bigfoot, Sasquatch? Ryan Willis does. He's president of the Trent University Sasquatch Society. Yeah, there is such a thing. And he's looking to talk with people in the Barrie area who have or think they have seen Bigfoot. Ryan, are you suggesting there may be a Bigfoot or two in this area? Yes. Uh, we've had some witnesses come forward and say they've seen uh, Sasquatches, yeah, around Barrie. And, uh, you know, as well as uh, areas, you know, well, all across Ontario and all across Canada, really. But, but yeah, we got a good number of reports coming right out of the Barry area and uh, Oro uh, Medante. I think most people who who aren't part of Sasquatch societies think more like mountains in Colorado. The truth is, you can find them uh, all across North America, really, and Ontario is no exception. And the reason you want to talk to people in the Barry area, not just for your own research and uh, and information and knowledge, but uh, you've got this little uh, TV thing going on. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Four months ago or so now, I think I think it was back in in April. Yeah, we had um, yeah, a production company in Peterborough uh, saw one of our pieces on the news and and said, "Hey, uh, we think having you guys do you know conducting your research and stuff would be like the best idea ever for a show." I'm hoping a bunch more Barry witnesses come forward and we have a really cool uh, amount for an episode. And uh, I I think. Uh, I think it's pretty cool. How do you want these potential witnesses to contact you? We have a website called sasquatchuniversity.com, uh, and there's a you know a contact form uh, at the, the bottom of the website people can go to. So it's, uh, it's super easy for them, but that's definitely the best place for them to reach us. All right, let's talk about your experience with all of this. How did you get involved in the first place? Obviously, you, you had a fascination for Sasquatch. Yeah, absolutely. Ever since I was a little kid, I've been uh, super interested in Sasquatch. And by the time I, I got to university, I, I met another friend who had a big interest in Sasquatch. And then we uh, kind of got all our friends together and started going out in the woods at night looking. And uh, that's kind of how the club got started. And then we became an, uh, an official uh, university society at Trent. And uh, that's, you know, kind of how everything came together. So the million-dollar question is, have you seen a Sasquatch, or what evidence have you found uh, in your travels? Uh, I myself have not seen a Sasquatch, no, but um, we, we've talked to a lot of people who have seen Sasquatches, and um, I think, you know, obviously that's really good evidence when you have a bunch of people saying they saw the same thing. And a lot of the researchers we talked to uh, have seen Sasquatches as well. In terms of... Uh, evidence out there. I think, you know, some of the best evidence people don't don't really uh, realize about is some of the, uh, the footprints that come in. And then obviously all the eyewitnesses and video and, and photo evidence that's been, you know, reviewed by primatologists and, uh, you know, top scientists in the field. And, and they say that's, you know, the only thing it can be. A lot of skepticism, though, still. A lot of people don't believe. What, uh, what do you tell people when you have conversations with them? I think most people out there uh, don't know all the, the evidence and facts and uh, all the research that's being done. We already have the rest of the evidence in terms of uh, DNA, footprints, uh, video, photo. All, all that's really left is, um, you know, for a, a specimen to come in. And uh, I think when it does, uh, which I think will be soon, um, I think I think people will, you know, kind of be forced to go out. This, this wasn't just some uh, pop, pop culture joke that's going on. It's uh, There's an actual animal here. If I'm out walking through the woods, what uh, kinds of things uh, should I be looking for that are going to make me stop and think, hey, look, I better call Ryan. He's going to want to see this. Obviously, the big thing is if you see, uh, you know, a 7 to 10 foot 8 moving around through the bushes there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, other than that, though, uh, you know, there's, there's things like uh, if, you, if you find Sasquatch footprints, obviously, 
Um, that's a big one. But the, there's other things some researchers say to look out for, like uh, you're in a, a spot in the woods and there's a bunch of trees snapped, snapped in half right around uh, maybe, you know, 8 to 10 feet uh, in the air is where they're snapped. That's, um, you know, that's, that's something a lot of researchers say uh, Sasquatches will do. But I, I think the big thing is to look out for footprints. And what does a Sasquatch footprint look like? kind of looks like a human footprint, but, but way bigger, you know, in some cases, uh, more than double the size. You're, you're pretty much just looking for a huge ape-like footprint in the ground. Give us the, the website address again for people who uh, want to get in touch with you. The website address is sasquatchuniversity.com, and uh, there's a little contact form there. You guys can uh, find us there. Ryan, thanks so much for this today, and uh, good luck in your search. Thank you so much. Ryan Willis is president of the Trent University Sasquatch Society. And that's a wrap. Thanks to MJ and Amy Oust for their contributions this week, and of course to Matt Ladder for his technical expertise. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to What Barry's Talking About. Maybe rate it. Give it a review. You can also keep up with What Barry's Talking About on Facebook and Twitter at Barry360 and on our website, barry360.com. Until next week, I'm Dan Blakely.